0: Lord Jesus, thank you so much for today Thank you for Sabbath and this gathering That we could be in this place Thank you for the power of your spirit That we are, that is available to us to experience And I pray that we would I pray that your spirit would be strong in this place right now And may your words be heard And may they have an impact um, right now in our everyday lives. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So from what I understand, there are about 200 million people in the U.S. that have a smartphone. 200 million people that have smartphones. They estimate that by the year 2019, that number will approach 240 million people with smartphones. Now, here's the thing. How many of you have smartphones? Everybody got a smartphone. Just raise your hand. Come on. Participate. You got smartphones. So, here's the thing. And this may apply more to my older generation than my younger. But I'm curious out of those 200 and 200 million people with smartphones, it'd be interesting to take a poll and see how many of those 200 million people actually are using the full capabilities and functionalities of that smartphone, (laughs) right? I mean, how many people can really do, if you have an iPhone, how many people can really do everything that that iPhone is capable of doing? It'd be interesting to know that, right? Now, some of you, again, that you're younger, you probably are getting a pretty good, um, you're probably maximizing the functionality and the capabilities of your phone, more so than those of us who are a little bit older. Still, when a new iOS comes out and they start talking about it in the news and I kind of go, oh, this is going to be cool. And they start talking about all the cool things your phone can do. And overnight my phone updates and I get up in the morning and I get the little silly thing and I start looking at it. And I go, <laughs> okay, is it going to do the stuff that they said it was going to do? And and then I have to kind of, I have to dig around and try to figure out, there's new emojis, and there's new this, and there's new this, and Siri will do this. And I kind of go, okay, do it, Siri. And it isn't for a long time that I actually am able to figure out how some of these, how some of the new things work. I I can't even, you just sort of play around with it until you discover it. I just figured out AirDrop not too long ago, yeah. Some of you, yeah, oh no. (laughs) Some of you still haven't, don't mess with me. Y'all yell like, AirDrop, what's that? That's on my phone? Yeah, it is. So, so there's a lot of capabilities with this smartphone. And in fact, it may very well be so smart that we, don't even, we can't even keep up with it at times, right? That's just the reality of it. We can't always know... What these things do and they update and they change and you're just kind of going what on earth? But it leaves you kind of feeling, so there, there are people like this. There are people that get a new laptop. Maybe this is you. You get a new laptop and maybe you go all in on the laptop. You, get, you like spend all the money because the guy at the store at Best Buy convinced you that you really needed all of these things that this thing can do, right? And you get it and you realize, dude, all I know how to do is go on the internet, send email, and type in Word. That's, that's all I do with this thing, all right? I probably don't need all of this computer probably don't need all of this, this iPhone. It can do way more stuff than I am capable of making it do. And I wonder at times, I wonder at times if there's a feeling or a sense that this gift of faith that you and I have been given the very gift of believing in God and trusting and believing that Jesus is who he said he is and he came and he did what he said he would do that very gift of faith do we do we sometimes wonder and think that there's more to this than I'm really getting out of this faith surely surely the the profound depth of the gospel and the, the, most, the, most, the most significant acts that God has done in, in his efforts to reveal himself and to save people. Surely there's more to this than perhaps what I'm experienced. In other words, maybe you have, maybe you know you have a, like an iPhone or a Mac type of faith. But you're not quite getting the full function of all the features that come with that type of faith. And you just kind of say, I know there's more that this thing can do. I know that there's more to this faith. I know that there's more to my believing. And I just can't quite get there as much as I want to. Because I realize how expensive the gospel is. I realize how much it costs. And I realize just how much it matters and what it means And I read the Bibles and the stories in the Bible Of people who have done and sacrificed and given so much And I just kind of go, man, I want to get that out of my faith And I can't quite seem to get there Surely there's more The story we're going to look at, Acts 19 Is a story where there are people who who come to know about Jesus and as they come to know about Jesus they, they, they respond and they begin, to, they begin to live in that way but what's going to happen is, is that they're going to come to find out that there's actually more to the story that there's actually more to the faith that there's, that there's, there's even greater things that God chooses and wants to do in and through them and it's pretty powerful, it's pretty powerful so um, I want to take you to a couple of passages before we get to the story though because the Bible hints at the notion that there's more to this life of faith than perhaps we've been able to pull out of a life of faith. If you go to Luke chapter 3 and verse 16, John the Baptist, hinset and you're gonna hear John the Baptist's name in a little bit when we get to the story, but, John, uh, but Luke chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, John answered them all, this is John the Baptist, he says, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit And fire there's more to come there's more to this faith than where you are right now in fact there's there's a Holy Spirit and there's fire all right so go to John uh, chapter 14 and verse 12 so even Jesus would say this check this out Jesus would say this very truly I tell you whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing wow Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. So John the Baptist says there is one that is coming who will baptize with, holy, with, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. There's more. There's more to this faith. And then Jesus himself would say, I'm leaving, but but those who believe in me, they will do the things that I've done, but they will even exceed the things that I have done. There is more to your faith story. There's more to believing than perhaps we've been led to believe and understand. So here's our story. Acts chapter 19 verses 1 through 7. Of course, we've been looking at Acts, we've been following the story of the birth of the church, we've been following uh, particular leaders such as Saul who would become Paul, such as Peter, some of these key uh, people who were moving along the message of the gospel and the story about a God who, who died, about Jesus who died and came back from the dead, and they were, they were preaching boldly this message that Jesus is the Christ, He is the Messiah, He's the Son of the living God. And this began to stir things up, right? This wasn't necessarily a message that was received by all um, in a good way. Some were, some were disturbed by it, some were, some were irritated by it, some became violent because of it. But but we also understand that when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, when the believers were gathered after Jesus had, had, had left the scene, when the believers were gathered, the Holy Spirit showed up and they went out from there and they preached boldly. They didn't hold anything back. And so that's been the story, that's been the journey. And we've seen the prominent role of the Holy Spirit doing things and inspiring people To live boldly for God. We come to chapter 19 and something very interesting sort of happens. And that is we find people who aren't familiar with the Holy Spirit. Here's Here's the story. So Acts 19 verses 1 through 7. While Apollos was at Corinth, and we'll talk about Apollos in a minute. Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, right? So these are disciples. These are people who follow Jesus. These are people who have heard the message, but maybe not all the message. They're not quite sure, or they don't know that there's more to this faith that they now have, right? So there he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no. No. No, no, we don't know nothing about that. No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, referring to John the Baptist. They replied, verse 4. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus Christ. On hearing this, they were baptized. All right, so they got that word like, "Hey, yes. If there's more to this, then we want to access it." On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on him, on them, on on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men and all. So, this is the scene. You have these folks who. Understand John the Baptist, who was very uh, pivotal and prominent during Jesus' day, and he would call people to repentance, and he would challenge them even more, and he would say, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, turn from where you're going and go in a different direction. Repent. Move towards this Jesus that is coming. Prepare yourself for this Jesus who is who is coming. They were baptized, and and that got them going on this journey of faith. But they hadn't understood, or they hadn't been taught about, they hadn't accessed the functionality of the Holy Spirit to this point. And Paul comes along, and he sees where they are. And he sees, I think what's really profound is that he sees the sincerity of their hearts. He sees the postures of their their faith that we want more. We want to experience more so that then we can do more on behalf of this Jesus that we place our faith in. There's a lesson in that. If in fact you are sensing that there is more and you want more, make sure you put yourself in a position so that you can experience more. Yeah, you, you can't go run off and hide in an isolated place. You can't you can't absent yourself from showing up and being around the believers. If you are saying, I want more, and I want to experience what they experienced, it is it's not a it's not something that just sort of happens because you want it to. It happens because I intentionally put myself in a place where it could potentially happen. Well, I could experience more. A real quick example of this. So, the way I met my wife is she came into the cafeteria on the campus of Southwestern Adventist University. And I said to myself, I want to experience more of that. Yes. Right on. Amen. Y'all can say amen to that. Come on. Amen. So, what happens? The next day, I position myself. At the cafeteria, about the same time she showed up the day before. Hello. 23 years later, I've experienced more. I'm going to pray for y'all. She'll get an amen, a big amen. My point is, if you desire, and if if it is the posture of your heart, God isn't going to knock you for not knowing about how to access more of him but god will lo- and god will be patient with you but god grows impatient when you continue to choose to remove yourself from having access and being uh, and putting your place in a place putting yourself in a place where you can access more of him in other words don't be down because you haven't experienced the full features of your faith begin to move in that direction Begin to live in such a way. Begin to surround yourself with. Begin to focus on how you can achieve that. All right, so another guy was mentioned in the same story. It says that Apollos, while Apollos was at Corinth. So Apollos is another guy that sort of emerges in this story. And he shows up in the previous chapter. This is chapter 19. He shows up in chapter 18. He's basically an itinerant preacher. He's come to faith. He's been baptized, likely In under John the Baptist, the same way that these 10 disciples were. So he too is sort of in the same boat. He doesn't quite know everything that there is to know. In fact, let's go to chapter 18. Mike, I don't think you have this passage, but I'm going to read it anyway from chapter 18. Uh, verses 24 through 26. But it gives us a bit of resume, of a resume about this Apollos guy. And I just want you to hear about him and what they did. They say, it says, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a, with a thorough knowledge of the Scriptures. So he was learned. He studied. He understood the Scriptures for himself. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor. And taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. There's the same thing with those other 12 that are mentioned. He only knew the baptism of John. Verse 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. And again, what you see here is you see somewhat of a spiritual Deficiency in a in a in someone who has been a faithful follower of the faith, though they don't have, they don't know the full features and the full function, they don't have adequate knowledge, but they are all in. And you begin to see what happens when, even though we don't know all there is to know, even though we may not even fully understand the power of the Holy Spirit, when I choose to And when I say in the sincerity of my heart and my soul, and when I show up to God vulnerable and and available, God can respond in powerful ways. God can and he will respond in powerful ways. And you will begin to unlock some of the most significant features of the faith. And that's what that's what begins that's what begins to happen it's it, you see the example of Paul uh, you see a lot of things that uh, that happen that happen with Paul Apol, uh, Apollos is mentioned a little bit later in fact if you go to Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 4 through 6 you hear um, you hear a little bit more about Apollos you hear Paul mention how Apollos's work uh, how the the work that Apollos did it says uh, for when one says I follow Paul And another, I follow Apollos. Are you not mere human beings? What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. And so you get the sense that this this disciple named Apollos, though he didn't know much, Aquila and Priscilla come along and sort of help to help him understand that he begins to continue to do the work that he felt compelled and called to do to boldly go out and preach and he was gifted and talented to do so and you see the part that he got to play in the good work of god's kingdom and all i'm saying is that isn't just the story of the bible that is our story too There's a part that God wants you to play. There's a part that the Spirit has for you. There's a role for you to be a part of in the work that God is doing in the world. The question becomes, are we willing? Are we available? Are we open to this Spirit of God? Um, Let me go to another passage here um, because I think it's, it's really quite powerful. Um, let me go to, go to, uh, go to uh, Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. Listen to this. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And, and here's, the, here's the thing. What I believe the 12 disciples that, that Paul encountered and he would baptize and and they would receive the Holy Spirit, and what I believe Apollos would experience, um, um, they would they would experience this presence of the Holy Spirit, and they would experience um, a vision. They would have they would have they would gain a vision of how God wanted to use them in His work. And what happens when that happens is what Romans fourteen seventeen is about. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You see, there's more to the story than simply repentance, right? Don't let me downplay repentance, that's huge. But isn't it true that at times in our faith journey, we kind of go through these cycles of, okay, I'm over here far from God, I repent, I come back to God, and oftentimes I'm devastated, I'm just, I'm a mess, and so I'm very vulnerable and open to God because I need help. But sometimes we can stay far from God because things are going really, really great. Ooh, yeah, this is, mm mm-hmm. And then, then I repent and I come back to God. And it can be this cycle of drifting, repentance, drifting, and repentance, But there's more to the story of faith than that for you and me. That's not the cycle of relationship that God has in mind for us. But in fact, he says, in another place in scripture, Paul says this, live by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. There's a consistency that God would love for us to experience in his spirit that allows us to avoid the cycle and and what we come to know is that there's more to the story it's not just about repentance it's not just about feeling sorry for what i've been doing and running back to god there's more to it and it says um it says the kingdom of god is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness peace how many of us wouldn't love to have some peace man Hmm. Righteousness, peace, joy. <laughs> Y'all didn't know I could hit that note, did you, joy? They're like, don't do it again, homie. Right? <laughs> joy. Joy in the Holy Spirit. If the if the if the story of your faith if the story of your faith is merely the cycle of repentance, drift, repentance, drift, repentance, drift, repentance, you are not, the fullness, you're not experiencing the fullness of the power of the Spirit of God. Is it in fact the Spirit of God that calls you back in repentance? And get, yes, absolutely, but there's more to it than just sort of living that way. There's peace and joy. There's peace and there's joy. And there's so many of us believers and so many of us Christians that miss the peace and the joy. And we just sort of hunker down and we grit our teeth and we white-knuckle through the cycle of drift repentance, drift repentance, drift repentance. And God says, no, no, just come on back to me and stay with me. And live in consistent harmony and fellowship and peace with me. Because I've got something for you to do. I've got something for you to be a part of. I got something special for you. There's more to this believing. There's more to our faith than just the cycle of drift and repentance. Listen to what God did, what the Spirit did in Paul's life. Acts 19 verses 11 11 through 12. Acts 19, verses 11 through 12. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. There's more to this thing than just repentance, drifting and repentance. There's more to our faith. There's a power that exists. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Generally, we don't learn and grow and become and begin to serve God well until we actually do it. In other words, we don't experience faith, we don't experience the Spirit of God until we're willing to place our trust in And our faith in the power of the Spirit of God. Right? I mean, think about the times in your life where you made progress functionally as a christ follower as a believer it was because you said okay god i'm gonna take you at your word i'm gonna i'm gonna live out this faith that you've called me to i can't see what's over the horizon lord but i'm gonna trust and believe that you are the god that you said you were i'm gonna trust and believe that your spirit is moving here and i'm gonna i'm i'm in and what happened you moved along you grew You discovered a new feature to living as a Christ follower. And things got better. Things were better. And even if they didn't get better, you understood that you were faithful to what you said you believe. Come on. If we would just do that, if we would be less concerned about the outcome that we want and more concerned about being faithful to what God, what I said I believe and what God has called me to, talk about peace and joy, people. Yeah, stop being concerned about how it's all going to turn out. Oh, Lord, I, I'll trust that your will will be done. You know, you don't. <laughs> You're just saying it because that's what we're supposed to say. Be less concerned with the outcome, more concerned about being faithful in the moment as you walk through it. Don't worry about the outcome. If you believe Jesus and you believe that he says that he will never leave you nor forsake you, if you believe Jesus and you believe that he is always with you and he's got you, and if you want to have the attitude of Paul to live as Christ to die is gain, don't worry about the outcome. Just live Faithfully. In the time that God has called you to. But we tend to do this. Here's a little, here's a little visual illustration. We tend to do this. So remember when, when we were coming along and we'd be on the playground or we'd be doing whatever. Um, and we, people would be jump roping. How many, I loved jump roping when I was a kid. Apparently y'all didn't. But I love jump roping. So jump roping, um, you, you had the two people and you jump. The tricky part was getting in to start jumping, right? You had to wash the rope. And when it was at its highest, then you knew you could slide in. And then once you got in, it was a rhythm. You just did the rhythm, right? Some of y'all ain't got no rhythm. So, so, so you just did the rhythm thing, boom, you know, you jump. And so it's cool, but getting in was tricky because you had to wash the rope. And then they came out with double dutch. You had two ropes, you had two ropes to wash. You're like, okay, there's one up here, there's one down here, what am I do, right? But once you committed, you you, you stay there and do this, <laughs> right? You would stand there looking for the opportunity to jump in so you could get into the rhythm. And the truth of the matter is that's where a lot of us are when it comes to our faith, and the Spirit of God. The Spirit is prompting, I got more for you, there's more to this faith than what you've been experiencing. I got more for you, I got more for you, you sit there going right? But once you get in and you start moving to the rhythm, faith has a rhythm, you start moving, you start living in the faith in the rhythm of the Spirit of God, it's like nothing can shake you, nothing can move you. You are solid, you are in, you are all for Christ, all in Christ, and you will not be moved. No more of this drifting off and saying, oh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm lukewarm. I know the church wants me to come back, but I'm not interested in that church, blah, blah. You make all kinds of excuses, the music, the pastor, the preaching, all that kind of nonsense. It ain't about that. It's about you. Listening to the Spirit of God and coming back and saying, I want to live in the rhythm of your spirit. I want to move with you. I want to experience the fullness of that. Instead of coming in and making making these occasional appearances with you, and then wondering what on earth is wrong with my faith, why I have there must be something wrong with the church, then? Because it ain't me. Here's the thing that we're, we run the danger of doing if we don't jump in. We run the danger of pretending. And I, I got to close with this, but I just want to hit this real quick. We run the danger of just sort of becoming these, um, these impersonators or these, um, these, these imposters, these, these people who fake it until we make it. The problem with faking it until you make it spiritually is you never make it if you fake it. So so here's a story that's in chapter 19 too. It says, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of the Jesus, listen to this, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. <laughs> so you see what's going on. People are seeing what Paul is doing. They're seeing how powerfully God is using him through the, with the Spirit, driving out demons and so forth. So they're like, hey, we can do that too. We're just gonna invoke the name of that Jesus guy that Paul preaches. We don't really know him. We don't know anything about him, but we're gonna, if it works and we can, win some, we can get some money and it benefits us personally, then we can do that. But notice what happens to them. It comes back on them. The seven sons of Shiva." Uh, Skiva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Verse 16, Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Look. I think Jesus is saying, don't call my name if you don't know me. Don't call my name if you don't know me. Think of the most irritating uh, telemarketing person that calls you and they get you every time because they they call and they say, hey, Bernie, (laughs) I'm like, hey, how you doing, (laughs) right? You don't know me, but they're pretending. Because they have their own interests in mind. They have what they need to get from you. So, so I'm going to pretend like I know you. If you fake it till you make it, you never make it. And it will end in disaster. That's why Jesus would say, that's why the scripture would say in the book of Revelation, I'd rather that they be, I'd rather they be hot or cold, but not lukewarm. Lukewarm people are faking it, hoping that this thing turns out for them. If you don't know Him, don't call His name. If you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't know Him and if you don't sincerely want to know Him, if you don't sincerely believe in Him, it's not going to do you any good to call His name. Now God knows the heart, I don't. So you may feel like you're far away and you call out and you cry out to this Jesus and He very well may respond or will respond. But, but if your heart is so far away from Him, and if you're only in it for what benefits you, if you call on Him, it may end in disaster for you. Crazy story I heard this week about faking it till you make it. Uh, there's a guy in Massachusetts uh, that decided that he didn't have enough money, apparently, to get his registration done, get a new license on the back of his car. Or maybe had a new car and so he decided that he would make one so he got a car a pizza box cardboard box a pizza box and this is what he did <laughs> a Massachusetts license plate made out of a pizza box and markers 2JY728 it didn't get by the police in fact, they pulled him over, they ended up posting his uh, attempt at, at a new license plate on their Facebook page and made a big deal out. They basically gave him this very stern warning, don't do this, this won't work. And all I would say to those of us this morning who recognize that we have, there's a whole lot more to this faith than showing up at, at a church on Sabbath and occasionally throwing a dollar into the plate don't fake it, but in fact, boldly step into with courage, with courage and at the prompting of the Spirit of God, just boldly step into the more of the faith that God has for you because He does. And He will honor. He will honor the sincerity of your heart, He will honor your vulnerability, He will honor you responding to the, to the spirit the, the power of his spirit working in your soul he said but don't fake it don't call my name if you don't know me but if you want to know me I will be there for you I will be there for you father God thank you for this story of the power of your spirit And how, Lord, you want us to access more, that there's a deficiency in us very often that we haven't even fully comprehended or come to know how much more there is of you. We've settled, God, for church and a happy Sabbath when you got so much more. I pray that we'd be willing to jump in and follow your leading and surrender to you so that we can experience more. In Jesus' name, amen.